0: Support for today's show comes from Google Play. Did you know that you can download and listen to audiobooks on Google Play? That's right. With hands-free listening using Google Assistant or Chromecast, you can enjoy thousands of titles a la carte, no subscription necessary. There's even multi-device integration across the Google ecosystem. And for a limited time, you, the All the Books listeners, get $10 off your first one by visiting g.co slash play slash all the books. That's g.co slash play slash all the books for $10 off your first audiobook book on Google Play. Find your story with audiobooks on Google Play.
1: You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 169, and today we are talking about books being released on July 31st, 2018, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here in Print Bookstore in Portland, Maine, with my fellow well-redhead Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Woo! This is weird!
0: (laughs) This is so weird. We are, like, sitting on each other's laps.
1: (laughs) Very close.
0: (laughs) Passing a microphone back and forth like Bob Barker, and it's exciting. Um, Before we get started, we should remind our listeners that today, July 31st, is the last day to enter to win... $500 $500 worth of the year's best YA fiction and nonfiction, selected by our own Kelly Jensen. She's a former YA librarian and a current Book Riot YA expert. There are a ton of amazing titles. You can get a lot of books for 500 bones. So go to bookriot.com slash 500 YA giveaway. That is the number 500 to enter. Again, today, July 31st, is your last shot to win $500 worth of the year's best YA fiction and nonfiction. Bookriot.com slash 500 YA giveaway so lib we can't like chat as easily
1: (laughs) without putting our heads very close (laughs) together why don't you kick us off all right my first book today is brother by david cherry andy it was published already in canada and the uk has gotten tons of acclaim It's wonderful. It's a slim coming of age novel. It's about two brothers, Michael and Francis. Uh, Francis is the older brother by one year. They live in a housing complex outside Toronto with their mother. Their mother is an immigrant from Trinidad. Uh, Their father left when Michael was only three, so they don't know their father. They've grown up with their mother. They are as close as close can be not just the brothers, but the three of them. And as they're growing up, they're living in poverty, and their mother works a lot, so they have to watch themselves. And so she leaves each night and says, you know, behave, go to bed, don't watch the stuff on TV, She sets all these rules. And, of course, you know, she leaves, and they're, like, watching, you know, dirty things on cable and staying up and leaving the house and going on adventures because that's what they want to do. But... Their mother is always telling them the importance of school and how they only have one chance to to do right and to stay in school. But as Francis gets older, he begins rebelling, and he and his mother start having problems. Uh, there are also a lot of gangs that hang around outside their housing complex. It's known for being sort of a violent area. People don't put down their real address when they apply for jobs because they are worried they won't be accepted if they say they live in these uh, housing complexes. And there's a terrible shooting one day when Francis and Michael are outside. They are not involved, but because they were nearby, their neighbors now look at them with suspicion, and all of this is piling up on them, and Francis is rebelling more, and it comes to a head on a day in 1991. And part of this book is set in the present day, talking about the characters who are dealing with the fallout of that event. They are sort of frozen in time, frozen in their tragedy, unable to move forward. Um, it's a very powerful story of race and family and also sexuality. It t- Michael talks about his interest in girls, but Francis uh, has a boyfriend named Jelly that he talks about. It's just this very slim, powerful novel. It's sort of like the story of a brief marriage or a small country. It's so fantastic. So again, it's called "Brother" by
0: David Cherry Andy. Mine is kind of a hard left turn <laughs> from that. It came out a couple of weeks ago. It's called, I think it came out a couple of weeks ago. It's called No One Tells You This by Glennis McNichol. And this is the memoir of her 40th, 41st year. Um, so it begins on her 40th birthday and she is single. She has never been married. She doesn't have kids and she's pretty happy with her life that way. But She keeps hearing, you know, from the world that that's not really the way it should be. That, you know, old ladies at parties tell her like, oh, well, there's still time. It could still happen. Uh, But she's not so sure that she wants it to happen. So on the eve of her 40th birthday, she's been like burned out from work. And she's sort of trying to reimagine her life. She takes off and just goes out of town and gets a hotel room by herself for a night. And it makes her feel so free that she spends really that... 41st year of her life, um, thinking about the choices that she's made and thinking about the shape of her life and what it is and what she wants it to be. And so the memoir is kind of about how her life became the way that it is about moving to New York in your 20s and forming a group of friends that stay with you for decades. Um, She says at one point, you know, she's watched all of her girlfriends, you know, get married or find partners and have kids and that she feels like she's the other woman in all of their relationships, but that, together they add up to like being the perfect husband for her it's kind of like why would I need a husband when I have these excellent girlfriends um, so the way that she writes about those friendships is really heartening and wonderful and also just the perspective um, that we don't hear as much about a woman who didn't want to get married who doesn't want to have kids and who's really happy with the shape of her life um, it's lovely and inspiring and so thoughtful and I just really really loved it so that's No One Tells You This by Glennis McNichol
1: this is very strange. Like, I'm trying not to look at you while you're talking because I don't want to make you nervous because I would be nervous if someone was looking at me. It's it's very interesting. Um, but I'm going to tell you about our sponsor before I tell you about my next book. Third Love is back. They are awesome. We love them. You've heard us talk about them before. They use thousands of real women's measurements to design their bras with breast size and shape in mind so they can ...fit impeccably and feel even better. And now since adding 24 new sizes, Third Love offers the most options of any brand. A total of 70 sizes. You can find your fit in 60 seconds online. Order and try it on at home with Third Love's Fit Finder Quiz. It's fun and it takes less than a minute. So you have no more awkward fitting room experiences. This is hands down the most comfortable bra you'll own. From premium ultra soft smoothing fabrics to expert design features like straps that don't slip. The details make the difference. The labels are even tagless, so they're not itchies. And because 3rd Love guarantees a perfect fit, returns and exchanges are free and easy. Now, you've heard Rebecca and I talk about these bras before. I love my 3rd Love bras. I love my 24-hour t-shirt bra. It has memory foam, and the memory foam, it was like never a selling point for me before when I saw something being advertised with memory foam. It was like, you know, mattress with memory foam, like whatever, sneakers with memory foam, who cares, but in a bra, yes, it's so nice. And my shape has changed a lot recently, so I'm getting new bras, which is exciting, but it's also sad for the memory foam bras I have now because we made lasting memories together. (laughs) They'll never forget me. I made two really big impressions on them. (laughs) So, Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So, right now, they're offering listeners 15% off their first order. So, you go to thirdlove.com slash books now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash books for 15% off today. And now, I'm going to tell you about my next book. Yay! I'm like, my body is starting to vibrate. I didn't, could not fall asleep last night. I was like, have to get up early, drive to see Rebecca, have to get up Nope, there was no sleeping. And so, I just drank a really big tea and now I'm like... Woo. So it's like a usual day. I'll get you some water. <laughs> <laughs> it's a regular day. So my next pick is called The Cheerleaders by Kara Thomas. I want to let you know the trigger warnings for discussions of suicide, domestic abuse, statutory rape, and lots of violent deaths because it's a book about murder. Um, it's a fast-paced, dark YA thriller. It takes place in a town called Sunnybrook. I like the word book better. I said sure. book. <laughs> Yeah, it's Sunnybrook. Uh, there is a young girl named Monica. She's a junior in high school. She had a sister, Jen, who is like the most popular cheerleader. There was a very small school. There were five cheerleaders when Jen was in school, but now there are no cheerleaders. The cheerleader team has been disbanded because in one week... Five years before, two were murdered, two died in a car accident, and one died by suicide. So now the fifth anniversary of that week is coming up. Uh, Monica has had an interesting summer. She worked at a country club. She had a summer affair with an older man who, it turns out, is now a teacher at her school. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't go well. You know, she was just really sad, and it was just something to do, and now she has to, yeah. True. It's really how she felt about it. Just something to do, and now she has to see him every day. Um, And also, she's having a hard time because she never really believed that her sister committed suicide. So, she discovers something in her stepfather's desk that proves that theory. Her stepfather is named Tom. He is a cop. He shot and killed the man that they thought murdered the girls. Um, She finds her sister's phone in Tom's desk and the last person that she had texted with. And... She starts texting this person. She doesn't know who it is at first. And this person says, don't trust anyone, especially your stepdad. Yeah. So she has a new friend that she's made because her other friends are afraid to talk to her about her sister. um, And her new friend is not. So she feels really comfortable with with this girl. They start poking around, asking questions. And they think that maybe all five of the deaths were actually murder. They start interviewing Jen's old friends and enemies. And you can just tell, you know. It it's, unfolds from there. If you like Dare Me or The Fever by Megan Abbott, you'll really like this book. I really enjoyed the use of technology, like how they made face like fake Facebook accounts to try and like trick people into finding them, so they could go through their photos and like all the like current technology. Um, the the flap of the jacket said, "Don't believe anything that you read." So immediately I went into thinking, like everybody's dead. <laughs> They're all vampires. They're all ghosts. Like I was trying. It, it was dead the whole time. Spoiler, it was nothing like that. But it is really fun. So once again, it's called The Cheerleaders
0: by Kara Thomas. I was really hoping that that was going to be like a dark, twisty cheerleader story. So I'm very happy that that was dark and twisty. (laughs) This is funny. Like, I don't know if I should look at you because I'm like talking to you about books or if I should just look at my notes, but it's nice to look at you. We're here together. It's fun. Um, so my next pick this week is Hits and Misses Short Stories by Simon Ridge. Um, he wrote one of my favorite short story collections, The Last Girlfriend on Earth, which came out, a mil- it feels like a million years ago. Um, but that has a story in it from the perspective of a condom that a teenage kid like carries around in his wallet from the time that he's like 14 until he finally goes to college and has an opportunity to use it. Um, and that's pretty indicative of what Simon Ridge does. He's a former late night TV show writer. He's really funny and these are pretty short vignette stories. One of them in this collection is from the perspective of Paul Revere's horse who's like really upset that he did all the work of the midnight ride and Paul Revere gets all the glory. Uh, There's one that imagines like a super advanced form of sonogram where a couple who's expecting a child go to the doctor and while they're doing the sonogram the the doctor is like oh he's going to be a writer and they know that the baby is going to be a writer because he's holding a pen in the womb and it turns out that while he's in the womb the baby is like writing the great american novel and it like has then it eventually he has a typewriter at the next sonogram and they're like reading the manuscript that the baby is producing while he's in the womb and when the baby is born he like waves his hand around and wants a pen so that he can do revisions and this is all a big problem because the dad is also a writer and he's very threatened by the fact that his like brand new baby has written the great american novel before even being born and here he is like struggling in his 30s to write a book at all um, i will say the collection i thought was a little bit uneven like it happens in short story collections sometimes that not everything it is hits and misses not everything is great um, you know nothing was a miss but um i overall really enjoyed this and if you're looking for something light and silly and fun like this was just a nice brain break so that's hits and misses by simon Rich.
1: There was a book I read in high school. I think it was by Robin Cook. Everybody used to read Robin Cook when I was a kid about, like, a baby who is born a super genius, and he's running, like, a crime syndicate by the time he's, like, five or six. It was really scary. He did a really good job making that little baby. I mean, kids scare me anyway, so, you know, a child murder, totally believable. It just reminded me of that. Speaking of murder, my next pick is called A Gentleman's Murder by Christopher Huang. It's set in 1924 in London. It's about Lieutenant Eric Peterkin. He was a soldier in World War One. He has become a member of the exclusive club Britannia. It is a prestigious club for soldiers. Uh, members of his family have been A part of this club for generations. Uh, Eric himself works proofreading pulp fiction manuscripts, which is really exciting for him. Yeah, he has a real taste for murder stories. So when one of the club members is stabbed to death, he is very interested. There are two club members, Wolf and Benson. They make this wager one day, and by the end of the day, one of them is dead. And one of them that day, the one who died, said, was heard saying that he would right a wrong from the past. And so Eric is completely interested in what's going on, and he thinks the murderer is among the club members. He also, in his investigations, learns of the disappearance of a nurse at an army hospital. He sort of pulls back the curtains on the members of this gentlemanly, of, and the members of this club, and behind their gentlemanly nature discovers they all have dark secrets at every turn. So it's for fans of mysteries who would like sort of like an updated Agatha Christie or Dorothy Sayers. It addresses important issues, like Peterkin is half Chinese, so racism, they he discusses the racism he faces of the and also the racism of the day and the genre in general it also addresses ptsd uh the suffering that peterkin and his fellow soldiers went through it just is a one and also does like a wonderful job with the atmosphere it's like a really great historical mystery although i'm not an expert on 1920s london there could be some small details i can't vouch for everything that got by but there's nothing like People Snapchatting the murder scene, you know, and nobody called an Uber. So I, I'm pretty sure it's, it's pretty right on. Uh, and the rights have already been bought to this. It's going to be coming to the screen. I cannot remember the big screen or the little screen. It's all the same now, anyway. It's so it's really fun. So again, it's called A Gentleman's
0: Murder, and it's by Christopher Huang. All right. Would you like to hear about our next sponsor? You have to say yes. I'm nodding. And <laughs> She's nodding, nodding here. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I'm always embarrassed when I'm podcasting with someone watching me because I make all my like hand gestures. (laughs) Okay, our next sponsor this week is Bombus. They are back and we love them. Bombus is the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. They spent more than two years of research and development, and Bombus has re engineered socks with innovations to make them way more comfortable, including my favorite feature, the honeycomb arch support system, which provides extra support where you need it most, but also it just feels like it's giving the middle of your foot a nice hug. And I've said that before, and I'm going to keep saying it because it's super, super wonderful. There's also stay up technology that ensures that your socks stay in place, but they never leave a mark. And the cotton is super soft. It's material that keeps you warmer in the winter, but cool in the summer. I have worn my Bombas socks in all the seasons and Virginia gets uh, you know, pretty severe, at least summers. uh, And my feet are very happy in these. But the best part is that because socks are the most requested item in homeless shelters, Bombas donates one pair of socks for every pair they sell, and that is over 7 million pairs so far. I love my Bombas socks. We've talked about these. I've been getting Instagram messages from people like who listen to the show talking to me about their Bombas socks, <laughs> which is pretty excellent. It does make you feel like you're walking on a cloud. And all the books listeners now can get 20% off your first order. So go to bombas.com slash all the books and use the code all the books at checkout. That's dot com slash all the books and use the code all the books at checkout to get 20% off your first order and have happy feet like that little penguin movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should I tell you I'm just going to hold on to this microphone now. Just keep it about my next book. It's Let My People Go Surfing by Yvonne Schwinnard. Uh, this book is a couple of years old. I picked it up the last time that we hung out together here at Print in Portland, and it's by the founder of Patagonia, the outdoors company. It's really interesting. Uh, his career started, he was a rock climber, and they didn't, he wasn't like finding the right kinds of equipment that he wanted, or equipment that was high enough quality. So he started forging rock climbing equipment, like basically in his garage, so. Selling it out of, um, like, essentially personals ads in the back of Rock Climber magazines, right? Like, and, uh, like, he gained a reputation. And so, like, then there would be mail orders and then they got a bigger space. And, like, slowly they branched out from making climbing gear into making clothing and, like, really being an all, like, well-rounded outdoors gear and clothing company. But he's always just thought of himself as this, like, dirt bag outdoorsman climber. And it takes him, I think the subtitle is, like, The Memoir of a Reluctant businessman or something about a reluctant businessman. It takes him a long time to come around to the idea that he has like created a very successful business and to think of himself as a business person without having feelings of like having sold out. Um, It's fascinating. He tells the story of his life about the importance to him of being outdoors and being active of the ethics that drive Patagonia. And there's a section for sort of each area of the business where he talks about, like, here's our philosophy about making our products. Here's our philosophy about advertising. These are the ethics that we have about sustainability. Um, I, so I learned a ton about Patagonia, and he's a really interesting person, but also as a business person, it was a fascinating read to think about taking your how you take your personal values and translate those into a company, especially as the company grows. So it rang a bunch of my bells. Um, I really, really liked it. Again, it's Let My People Go Surfing by Yvonne Schwinnard.
1: I'm sure all that money helped him decide that he was a businessman.
0: But He talks about like having millions of dollars coming in and then still feeling like, oh, but, you know, I don't want to be a CEO.
1: But it can't hurt. It can't be. <laughs> yeah. I would try it if anyone wants to send me millions of dollars. <laughs> I will see how I feel. Legit, you know? <laughs> My last pick today is called Okay, Fine, Whatever, The Year I Went from Being Afraid of Everything to Only Being Afraid of Most Things <laughs> by Courtney Hamister. I think I mentioned this like in our preview show. I was really interested in reading this. It's a very funny memoir. It's about her attempt to stop being so scared of everything. She has general anxiety disorder. She is a fretter. She worries about everything. And for many years, for nine years, she was the host of a radio variety show in Portland that was recorded live in front of 400 people every week. And she had terrible anxiety to the point of like being sick to her stomach every time. That she did it and it eventually became so great this anxiety that she felt she had to step down as the host in 2013 and that made her really sad because while the new host she said was really fantastic you know it kind of removed her from that experience it also removed her from the adoration that she was getting from all these people and the respect and she was like you know I put myself in this position and now she's sad so she talks about like when she was young, how she's always been afraid of everything. You know, she used to get up on the high dive and then climb back down instead of jumping. Like she couldn't bring herself to jump, which I myself have, have done before. You know, it's it's a scary thing. Um, and she also feels like very stressed out a lot and worried about things without knowing why or what it is that she's worrying about, which is just like general anxiety. So she decides to face some of her fears, or at least try some new things that she normally wouldn't do. Um, There's a disclaimer at the beginning that, one, this book was written before the 2016 election. (laughs) And two, she swears like a sailor. Both of these things were true. Um, So, you know, there's a different kind of anxiety that comes along with the election. Uh, But so she does some things that she thinks she would never have said yes to. She gets high legally. She visits a sex club. She visits a professional cuddler um, in which she finds out that it's really hard. People can't decide which person gets to be the little spoon. (laughs) Um, she spends time in a sensory deprivation chamber. She takes class, She takes a class that works at helping people improve a specific sex move. Oh. Um, and she does these things with the expectation that none of this is going to cure her. It's just going to help her feel better about standing up to her fears and being afraid of things in general. And remember that like whoever you are, just getting up every day is a brave thing to do and you know one person's experiences are not universal. Also, she is a big oversharer, so if you don't want to know that much about a stranger, this might not be the book for you. And also, these are the experiences of a cis heterosexual woman, but there is a little bit to be learned for anyone who feels anxious, even if it just makes you feel that you are in no way alone. And also she's extremely funny. So it really resonated with me because I, too, am anxious and in my 40s. So, you know, I'll take I'll go like 10 minutes out of my way not to take like the crazy roundabout in town that everyone has accidents at, you know, which doesn't sound unreasonable to me. It sounds unreasonable to the person in the car with me, you know, being like, oh, my goodness. You know, and I like to check that everything is off and locked every night, and I'm terrified of public speaking, you know, so I was really into this book. I thought it was really funny, and she's very funny. So again, it's called, Okay, Fine, Whatever, The Year I Went from Being Afraid of Everything to Only Being Afraid of Most Things by Courtney Hamister.
0: That's a lot of variety in her (laughs) experimentation. I was like, oh, cool, sensory deprivation chambers. Sex classes, maybe not. (laughs) your mileage may vary. Um, my last pick this week is one that I was trying to read on the flight up here, but my digital galley like malfunctioned and so this is real inside the sausage making of all the books. Um, so instead here's a book I'm looking forward to that's coming out this week. It's the incendiaries by ro Quan. Uh, this is a novel about a woman named Phoebe and a guy named will who meet their first month in college. Phoebe is glamorous and seems to like have it all together and she doesn't tell anyone that she blames herself for her mother's recent death. Will is a little bit of a misfit. He's on scholarship and he has transferred into the college from a Bible college. Um, So they, you know, don't seem like a likely pair, but they meet up and he figures out pretty quickly and for sure that he's in love with Phoebe. And it's going to take off... From there, Um, I'm reading the galley copy on Goodreads right now, and it says this is a fractured love story and a brilliant examination of the minds of extremist terrorists. So there must be something happening in the middle of the book there, um, and of what can happen to people who lose what they love most. Um, So I'm really looking forward. I guess I'll just pick that up since it's a new release, and we're here in a bookstore on. New, oh, it comes out tomorrow. Well, you know, I know the owner. Maybe I can get a special exception. <laughs> uh, so those are the new books this week. Liberty, what are you going to read next?
1: I am going to read Rosewater by Tade Thompson. It is the first in the Wormwood Trilogy set in Nigeria. It's a fantasy novel, 400 pages long. It comes out September 18th. Yes, yeah, September 18th. He wrote The Murders of Molly Southburn, which I read last year, which was a really fun, nasty novella. So I'm really looking forward to this. What are you going to read?
0: I don't know I'm gonna go book shopping probably yeah the incendiaries oh and I bought the kissing quotient is it the kiss quotient or the kissing quotient I can never remember okay yeah I bought that like as you were talking about it on the show a month ago or so um I snagged the ebook, and I've been saving it I like romance for travel so I might read that next but I'm just gonna go book shopping here as soon as we're done with our show and figure out genius for sure. Um, so that's it for today. Don't forget, if you're listening to this on July 31st, to go to bookriot.com slash 500YA giveaway to enter to win $500 worth of the year's best YA fiction and nonfiction. Thank you to our sponsor, Google Play. Go to g.co slash play slash all the books to get off your first audiobook. Go to thirdlove.com slash all the books for 15% off your first order and go to bombus.com slash all the books and use the code all the books at checkout for 20% off and make your feet into happy feet if you have a note for us you can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com you can talk to us on twitter as well i'm rebecca shinsky s-c-h-i-n-s-k-y liberty is miss liberty and if you've got a minute if you enjoy the show and want us to continue getting to hang out in bookstores and talk to each other uh, leave us a rating or a review on apple podcasts
1: and as much as we would love to each other like i can't talk as much as we would love to be able to talk today as much as we would love to tell you about more books today, Rebecca has promised me a vegan donut, so we have to go. So, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com/all-the-books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. And in the meantime, in the meantime happy reading! reading.